Okay, this is uh, Monday, June 4th uh, with El Tesoro Tequila uh, interview with Carlos Camarena, um, the director of the El Tesoro. Hey, this is Christopher Chan, your host of Happy Hour Radio, and I am in downtown Seattle for a very special visit uh, from our friends from Mexico. This is Carlos Camarena. He is the director of uh, El Tesoro Tequila, and we're going to do a little talk and tastings today. Uh, Carlos, hey, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me here in Seattle, this beautiful rainy city. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's January, we call it. This is what happens. We don't get sun until after the fourth, our Independence Day. Um, your family has been uh, growing agave in Mexico for f over five generations? That is correct. Growing agave and producing tequila since the late uh, 19th century. Wow. And uh, which state are you based in? Jalisco, in the highlands of Jalisco. Jalisco is the region where all tequila is produced. Two main regions, the valley and the highlands. So my ancestors introduced the agave into the highlands region of Jalisco and started producing tequila in the, around 1888. Interesting, when we think of the highlands and lowlands, what elevation would constitute the highlands? We're very close to 7,000 feet above sea level, so very high up. Now, I, I would imagine that would be like a hill. I'm, I'm thinking a mountain or a hill, but um, when I think of agave plants, I see pictures they're growing in flatland. Is the elevation high? Is it a plateau or is it a, is it a slope? Uh, actually, we have some hills, but yes, at that altitude, you would expect to have a lot of mountains, and there's no mountains. There's, it's kind of like a plateau very high up. So we have some hills. It is not completely flat, as you would find in the valley, but it's still it's, it's not, a, not a lot of mountains there. Now, interesting. When you you think about um, cultivating a plant that takes seven to ten years to mature, how do you plant it? Uh, actually, we use little pops, little little plants that grow next to the mother. They are clones. They have exactly the same genetic information. So usually after three years of planting a, 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 an agave, it will have enough pops with the, with the right size to remove them from the mother and plant them in, in another place. So that makes, it, that makes it kind of easy. We don't need to be dealing with seeds and that kind of things. We just remove a little plant which is genetically identical to the mother and plant it in some other place. Really? So do you have to dig a hole? Do you have to add some fertilizer? Do you have to add some root growth? I mean, what does it take? Because we think of Mexico, we think of an arid place. But I imagine in Jalisco you get some rain. Uh, a little bit of rain, of course, not that much as you have here. Uh, but the, the agave is actually is a succulent. It is a desertic plant, so it doesn't like too much rain. And that is why our, our conditions are good, because we have rain only uh, usually from June to September, a rainy season, and then the rest of the year is, is pretty dry. And that that is what the, like, the, the plant likes to be, kind of accumulating water and accumulating uh, sugar, accumulating uh, carbohydrates in order to survive. And that is what creates all of the sugar that eventually we will ferment and distill and convert into beautiful tequila. It's amazing to see some of the pictures of the uh, hemidors chopping off the, uh, the branches or the, the, the leaves. Uh, leaves of the agave plant. But when we think about agave, um, there are many different varieties, correct? There's a, around 200 different species of agave most of them native from Mexico, but uh, as a difference with mezcal that they can use up to 30 different species of agave and different varieties of each species. For tequila we can use only one variety and one species, so we have to use only the agave tequilana Weber blue variety and that is the only one that we can The blue Weber variety of agave and um, when we look at those pictures, those piñas, the fruit, the pineapple if you will, it looks like it must be 50-60 pounds each. 
uh, average because we have some that can weigh over 200 pounds. So average is, is uh, the average would be around 60, 60 pounds. Now, is the maturation at in the highlands of Jalisco the same uh, same time as the lowlands, or is there is do the lowlands ripen faster or mature faster? I should say. The lowlands being hotter and being more humid, usually the agave takes, takes shorter to grow and mature. In the highlands, it takes longer because of our, our, our conditions. We have very cold winters, uh, uh, not snow because it's dry, but, uh, but we can have some freezing there. And those conditions makes that the agave it tends to accumulate more energy, more carbohydrates, and therefore more sugar. Uh, so uh, even if it takes usually longer to grow and mature agave in the highlands, usually it has the, the tendency of have more concentration of sugar, more acidity, and therefore impart more flavors into the... That's an interesting point. When you think of acidity, acidity is a very important part of the, the balance of a beverage. Um, when we think of wine, we think of, of ales or beer, um, a lot of these things have citrus, or I should say acidity. And does... Tequila also has a little bit of, of the fruit and a bite. Um, I don't want to say it's a bite, but it's it's a tartness on the fruit. Uh, and, and you have a Blanco tequila here. Now, before we get into the Blanco, how, what was the first memory you remember or you recall from being um, part of the uh, tequila and agave growing family? Well, uh, I remember since I was in, in, uh, in elementary school and I was going in vacation, uh, I would come to my father asking for my weekly allowance and he would say, well, you're out of school now, you want money, you have to earn it. So I was probably around 12 years when I started going to the fields and working as another worker and uh, my father's recommendation for the people in charge was that I had towards the same as everybody else and then I will get paid not because I was his son I would have a better treatment and therefore probably at around 12 years I started getting involved especially on the on the agave parts actually I'm an agricultural engineer because my ambition it was okay I will go to college I will get my degree on agriculture I will take care of the agave fields and my father can keep on producing his tequila the only thing I never envisioned is that eventually I would be the master distiller I would be producing tequila it was not in my plans. So when the people ask me what it takes to become a master distiller, I say I have no idea. I just had to do it because it was part of the part of the family tradition, probably. But I was not actually formed for that. I was formed for the agricultural side of the business, and eventually had to learn the best of both worlds: the agricultural part and the industrial part, if we can call it that way, to produce tequila. Sure. Interesting enough, when we think about um, a season or a vintage, uh, there aren't any vintage tequilas per se or mezcals um, or distillates for that matter but we talk about barrel age we talk about aging after the spirit um, has been, been produced uh, but when, when you think of uh, distillation a master distiller how many how many vintages uh, does it take to really feel confident about your skill your craft uh, well probably it takes I mean it's years and years and, and, and of doing the same and, and I'm still in the process of learning I cannot say I already know everything and uh, uh, with agave taking so long to grow and mature also we can talk about vintages and we can talk about terroir the same as on wine because from one agave field to another agave field we have differences on the production and therefore if we are not like in our case for El Tesoro we are not manipulating the product with any chemicals in order to be consistent all the time we know that from one batch to another batch there will be small differences between one and the other just according to where exactly 
where the agave is coming from and how mature it was because again the sweetness the acidity of that because the sugar eventually will be converted into alcohol so the acidity the other elements in the plant are the ones that will provide with aromas and flavors and from one field to another field according to their own particular conditions there will be slight differences all the time so again it is a never-ending story that you keep on learning because every time you have something a little different to work with so eventually that is the, the that is probably when the art is becomes part of distilling because it is not just follow a recipe or a way of doing things is you have so many variables that are keep on changing every year every season every moment that you have to kind of learn to live with them and keep on learning uh, I love it I'm speaking with Carlos Camarena who is the director of El Tesoro Tequila the master distiller in Jalisco um, now Carlos we have four expressions here the first one is Blanco tell me about this particular tequila well uh, one of the things of El Tesoro is is, is uh, actually very traditionally produced so we have a, a, a no use on machinery for all of the El Tesoro line is basically made by hand uh, the Blanco tequila is the one that comes uh, of distillation with El Tesoro we do something special which is that we distill our tequila to proof usually our spirits including tequila are distilled to a very high proof and then they are diluted one, uh, down uh, in my opinion you do not dilute only the alcohol you dilute all of the flavors and all of the aromas and therefore with El Tesoro we distill to proof in order not to add water and therefore we have a very pure spirit. The Blanco to me it is, it is the main expression of tequila because it's what all is about the agave, it's about the plant there's no oak involved, there's no aging, and therefore it's all about the plant. So the Blanco to me is the purest tequila expression. This is quite an amazing expression. I didn't I didn't expect it to be so soft. It reminds me more of a mineral water. It reminds me of Evian. And, and there's a reason also. Characteristics of uh, tequilas produced with agave from the valley tends to be very green, herbaceous tequilas from the highlands because we have a soil with a lot of minerals, especially iron and potassium, which also helps to form a lot of sugar in the plant but also it adds a, a very nice fruity and minerality elements into the tequila produced in the highlands. So when you detect minerality and something very floral, fruity, you can immediately say this is tequila from the highlands. If it's green, if it's herbaceous, then it is from the valley. Oh, very interesting. That's good to know. So um, this is a pot still or how, how do you... Um, to still to proof, is it a continuous still, or how, what's the method here? In our case, it's very small copper pot stills, uh, so no continuous. It's this continuous distillation on our first distillation. Well, when we fermented the juice of the agave, our, our fermented most is about five percent alcohol. So on first distillation, we we collect something we call ordinario, which usually has very close to thirty percent alcohol, so sixty proof, and then we dilute that in half in order to have a second distillation we start with 15 to 20 maximum percent alcohol and therefore all of our distillation can get all the way to 80 82 proof without adding any water so that is that is uh, how we do it very small copper pot stills because the copper is helping us to remove uh, all kinds of sulfuric or sulfurous elements so sulfates and sulfates gets removed by the copper but also the copper is interacting with the alcohol fumes in order to form more molecules and therefore the smaller the still 
the more flavors that we will have because of that interaction. So in our case, it's very small uh, copper pot steels. Wow, um, what a fantastic spirit and what a great story and a great explanation of it. The next one is called Reposado, which means rested in, in Spanish. Uh, tell me about this tequila. Uh, by law, Reposado has to be two months minimum in oak. In our case, the Reposado is uh, nine to 11 months in previously used bourbon casks. So it's ex-bourbon. Uh, to me, aging tequila, whether it's Reposado Añejo, is like framing the agave picture that we had with the Blanco. So now we are adding some sweet elements that comes naturally from the oak, usually vanilla, maple, caramel, uh, some dry fruits, and those elements will add complexity to the tequila, and it's basically appealing to different palates. So uh, the, the different expressions of tequila is for people who likes to drink bourbon, whiskey, uh, cognac, I would provide an Añejo or Extrañejo with a lot of oak character because it's what their palate likes. For people who, who usually would drink uh, beer, white wine, rum, vodka, then I would offer a Blanco or a Reposado because it's just the pure agave expression or a little hints of oak but not really something too oaky that wouldn't appeal to their palate. Well, I certainly get uh, the bourbon flavors on the attack, but on the finish it's very tequila-esque. It has uh, the fruit, it has um, some of the broad palate, um, and the sweetness really just kind of accents some of that the fruit. I think sweet and fruit go quite well together. We're going to taste one more. We're going to taste the Paradiso, and this is a very premium tequila that you produce. Tell me about this. Uh, the Paradiso actually was the first tequila ever been aged in, in, in French oak, in previously used cognac barrels. So instead of being American oak, in this case it's French oak. So if American oak is, uh, in my opinion, all about vanilla, maple, caramel, French oak is more something like toffee, coffee, dark chocolate. So it adds another completely different kind of elements, a little bit more acidic, less sweet than we would what we would have with the, with the American oak. So it's a completely different different expression. And to us, it was, uh, it was again, 1988, we were playing games on, on what else can we do with tequila. So what happens if we try to age tequila on a different type of oak and see what results we got? And uh, that's how Paradiso was born. And 20-something years after, almost 30 years after, we keep on producing it that way. Wow, and the, so the Blanco spirit is the same base spirit for each of these expressions? That is correct. The Blanco is acid, comes all of it out of the steel, and then we can, by aging, we can start adding new elements that do not come from the agave, will come from the oak, in order to create complexity for different palates. Wow, this has been fantastic. I'm so excited for this tasting class. I know we got a head start, but Carlos Camarera um, from uh, El Tesoro Tequila, thank you so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Oh, it is a pleasure. Thank you for having me here, and uh, thank you for all the people listening. Yes.